You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Tommy Beer joins us. Tommy, welcome in. Last time we spoke, you were with Forbes. Hi, uh, great to have you on again. Uh, Look forward to it. Uh, But last time we had you on, you were on with Forbes. Uh, Why don't you let the folks know where they can find you now? Thanks, Anita. Yeah, I started a Substack, which is basically a a platform where you can subscribe to a newsletter, daily newsletter, um, pump out three or four posts a week and get some podcasts on there. So, uh, yeah, Tommy Beer at Substack.com is where you can find all the info. Fantastic. All right. Uh, let's dive first and foremost into what's going on with the Knicks. Uh, as I'm from Miami, so we use a phrase down there called get banna. How embarrassing. I was watching the other night. I had, uh, I had Seth Curry over, I want to say, at that point, 17 and a half points. So, you know, I'm, it's, it's, it's a weeknight. Didn't have a hot date. I'm home, sipping on a little, nice little glass of wine, watching the, the Knicks and the Nets play and hope, hoping that a number of my prop bets hit. You know, Seth Curry being one of them. And all of a sudden, it's just, it's a blowout. I'm like, mm, what am I going to do? Let me go to Netflix, try to find a, a new fun series I can watch. I wake up the next morning, and they lose. You know what we call that in Miami? <laughs> que pena. Que pena. What is going on? Like, and that's not the first time this has happened. What is going on with this Knicks team? Speaking of bets, Anita, the surest thing in sports right now is betting the live, whatever team the Knicks are playing, they're going to get it. The Knicks are going to grab the lead in the first half and then bet their opponent second half. You know, three <laughs> three times in the last eleven days, they have blown twenty point leads and got on to lose. Their teams can go a decade without blowing a twenty point lead losing game. The Knicks have done it three times uh, in the last two weeks. So yeah, you're right. It's really uh, you know things have kind of you know I'm afraid you're always afraid to say rock bottom when it comes to this franchise, but um, the last you know final they, they're three and thirteen over the over the last month they have the worst record in the NBA to tied with the Pistons at three and thirteen. Coming out of the break, they play the Heat and and then the Sixers. Then they go on an eight game road trip. Um, so it's, it's really scary to think where they might be ten days from now. Um, and I would have said, you know, a month ago, maybe two weeks ago, that's crazy to talk about Todd Pivotal not being the coach of this team at the end of the season or, or at the start of next season. Um, but as poorly as they played and as stubborn as he has been with his rotation, um, it lets you, leads you to believe that there's at least a chance uh, that Tibbs might not be the guy here long term or, or much longer for that man. That, it's, it's really it, – it is unbelievable, right? Like, um, so, so first things – like – you know, it's evident that he definitely has his favorites, right? Like, some would feel that R.J. Barrett's injury is because he's a favorite and Tibbs had him play longer than he should have and, and shouldn't, shouldn't have been in the game when he injured himself. But also, he's not playing a lot of Cam Reddish. And, and there's been some reports out there that he wasn't, he wasn't down for the deal to bring Cam Reddish here. Can you confirm or deny that? Yeah, I've heard rumblings as well. Um, nobody wasn't strictly you know, hard-headed opposed to it, but if he had his choice, he probably would have gone in another direction. Um, because like you said, you have a set rotation. The Knicks traded Kevin Mack, the guy who wasn't in the rotation, in a future first-round pick, and brought in a guy that was unhappy in Atlanta because he wasn't getting minutes and wasn't playing a major role. Um, so that, that's certainly an issue. And it's not just the Cam Reddish thing, too. It's important to point out. Uh, you know, Obi Toppins played you know, 10 minutes or less the last few games. Deuce McBride, a guy that drafted out of West Virginia in the second round, has played really well in the G League. Um, has showed some promise in the spot minutes that he's received, and he hasn't gotten a chance to play. And the thing with Tibbs is, last year, 
nobody could say anything about his rigidity and playing, you know, Julius Randle and, and, and R.J. Barrett so many minutes because the Knicks were winning. But when that, that stubbornness, you know, it's it kind of a gift and the curse. When the Knicks are losing, people are going to knock you for it. Um, so now, you know, he's kind of opened himself up to those criticism. Um, and, there's, and, and in the NBA, as you know, Anita, you want to be one of two things, either a legit contender or down at the bottom of the standings so you have a chance to get a player in the lottery that, that kind of bolts you to contender status, which you don't want to be in that, is that no man's land where you're like the 10th, 12th, ninth seed in the conference where you may make the playoffs um, where you're just good enough to be not bad and you're not bad enough to be you know, one of the worst teams. So um, that's kind of where the Knicks are. And, and also, if you're losing, at least lose with your young guys so the fans have, you know, we get a sense, is Deuce McBride, does he have a future in the league? Do they need to get a point guard in the offseason? What kind of players do they have in OB Toppin? Those are the kind of things, at least if you're going to lose, you can find out in the process, kind of give those guys development and reps. Um, and that's what hasn't happened. So it's kind of a worst-case scenario for kids right now. Uh, to me, and again, this is my own, this is my personal opinion based on the conversations I've had with a lot of people in the know and a lot more savvy NBA folks than me. And that is the 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 uh, the loss of Derrick Rose to me is pretty significant. Granted, yes, long in the tooth, been in the league a long time, only can play a certain amount of minutes. Yes, need some rest time throughout the season, but what do you like? You know what he's able to bring in regard to the point guard position and 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 leadership and savviness in regard to style of play and and what you need to do in order to maintain a lead of twenty points. Uh, not having him to me is pretty significant. You agree or disagree? A hundred percent, Anita. Now the Knicks have been outscored by fifty-one points in the fourth quarter of just their last three games. Um, just to, to, again, to kind of harp on that point that they have not been able to close out games. And the reason is they've had either Alex Burks or Emmanuel Quickly as the team's point guard. They're, and, you know, Kemba Walker's try as he might, he's playing on one night, he's a shell of, of, of himself. Um, Alex Burks is miscast as a point guard. Emmanuel Quickly's in a terrible slump and has, a very, has had a very inefficient season. Um, that's, they miss their growth tremendously. Um, they, their record would be better. They wouldn't have blown these leads. Um, at least a couple of them you have to figure if, if Rose is available. Now, the, the, the front office deserves some criticism for relying so heavily on a 33-year-old injured point guard. Um, you know, that, that, that's, that's obviously a conversation to have. And ditto for Derek Walker, uh, um, Kemba Walker, rather. So, yes, it's, uh, but yes, make no mistake about it. They are getting Derek Rose back. It sounds like he's going to be available to play the next first game. Um, which is uh, Friday of next week after the All-Star break. So that'll be a big thing. That'll kind of you know, at least steady the ship a little bit. Um, yes, it's, but yes, to your point, missing Derek Rose has been huge. Tommy Beer joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, you know, it's, it's around this time as, you know, after the All-Star break, teams kind of know where they're at, right? The majority of them. Either they've already made it, they know that they're going to have home court advantage throughout the postseason, or... They're competing for better seeding in the postseason or we have no shot, let's just tank. And what do I mean by tank? Tank doesn't mean like a coach is telling a player, miss a shot, don't make it the shot. That's not what tank means. Tank means like, all right, you know what? Let's see what we got in, in regards to some of our young talent. Let's get guys off the bench who haven't played a lot of minutes this season to see, let's evaluate what our depth is moving in. Like it's playing guys that, 
you're not necessarily putting, organizations are not necessarily putting the best product on the court because they want to see what they've got for the remainder of the 22 to 24 games still remaining for a lot of the ball clubs. What, what, like, what are those teams, who are those, like, you know, A, who do you expect to do that? B, you know, how does, how, how, how does the NBA, how does the NBA control them not doing that? I don't think they can. Yeah, I do think that the one good thing that they put in place is kind of um, readjusting the lottery format where um, if you finish with one of the worst records in the league, you have a shot to you, you have the same shot. If you finish with the third worst record in the NBA, you essentially have the same chances of winning the lottery and getting the first pick as the team that finishes with the worst record. Um, even if like the Knicks, for instance, finish with the eighth or the ninth worst record in the league, I think they have like a 10% chance of jumping all the way up into the top three. Um, so that has definitely impacted. You've seen it a lot more. Um, part of it's due to the – and also the expanded playoff spot. I mean, obviously, we would say the Knicks have zero chance of making the playoffs in a typical year or prior to last season. Um, but remarkably, as poorly as they played, they're only three games back of the 10th seed, which gets into that playing format. Um, so I think that's the kind of thing where um, you'll see all, you know, teams – we saw it at the deadline. We didn't see as many teams completely – we saw some superstars trade places, obviously, um, but we didn't see as many teams you know, kind of just giving away their best player in exchange for a, a slew of, of future first-round draft picks. Um, and part of that is because, you know, tanking in a traditional sense just doesn't carry the same uh, – it, it, it's, it, it, it's not as smart or shrewd as it once was because the odds of you eventually getting that top player are greatly decreased with a, with a reworked lot of format. Um, all right, so with that being said, because I do want to talk about the Nets and, and the 76ers trade with you. Before we move on to that, just your final thoughts in regard to the Knicks. What are your expectations for them for the remainder of the season and heading into next year? If you had to guess, give me a percentage, whether or not Tibbs is going to be the head coach or not, what 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 side, what, give me a percentage, what, what would you feel? I, I think Tibbs stays. Um, listen, he's coming off a of coach of the year. The guy can coach. There's no doubt about it. Um, and the other thing is the Knicks have had, been, have, have had such instability the last few years, last few decades, um, that I think kind of just flipping the script and, and starting over from scratch is going to feel an, uh, an elite head coach that's out in the market that they can grab. Um, so I think Tibbs gets one more shot to kind of show that he's going to be flexible. But I think these final two months are, are going to have a, a say in things. Me personally, I, I'd like to see them start McBride, um, you know, September walking down for a little while, give these young guys um, a, a chance to prove themselves. And I think that will happen sooner rather than later. As I mentioned, they have a really tough schedule coming out of the break. So if not right out of the break, over the last six weeks or so, I think you'll start to see the kids. Um, and, you know, once the Knicks are, you know, not, not officially eliminated, but essentially realistically eliminated in the playoffs, you start to see those guys. Um, but I do think kids will be back to start next week. All right, Tommy, uh, let's turn our attention to the trade, the big trade that went down Harden out of Brooklyn, now with the 76ers. He said in his press conference this was his first choice anyway, so the Nets were the bridesmaid. Sure, that didn't feel them, didn't make them feel too well. Uh, and then, of course, Ben Simmons coming here for a new lease on life. Um, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how this all plays out. I know Ben Simmons is looking for his first game back, his debut with the Nets against the 76ers when they're playing in Philadelphia, uh, coming your way in, in just a few weeks. But let's start with the Nets first and foremost. What are your realistic expectations uh, for them for the remainder of the season in the postseason? 
Yeah, I've been talking about spoken with. I think the Nets won this trade. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, have kind of focused on the commotion and the chaos that has surrounded Ben Simmons for the last six months or so. Um, and, you know, or, or just think about his last series as a sixer, you know, that, that obviously disappointing Atlanta series when he was terrible, making a mistake about it. Um, he didn't play well. He didn't play at, a, at an all-NBA level. But this, is, this guy, when he's healthy and locked in, is one of the most uh, you know, versatile and effective defenders in the entire league. Been a second in the league in defensive play of the year award last season. Um, been all NBA defensive first team two years in a row. This guy can do you know a plethora of things. He also sees the floor as a great assist. Um, you know, he can can really facilitate. And when you look at it on his face, he might be a better fit alongside Kyrie and, and, and Durant uh, than than is Harden, just because his skill set kind of complements those guys a little bit better. Um, you know, he, over his first four years in the league, he has four, uh, he's one of only three players in NBA history with 4,000 points, 2,000 rebounds, and 2,000 assists. The other two guys are Magic Johnson and Nashville Robinson. That's it. Those are the three players in the history of the sport that have done that over their first four seasons. That just kind of gives you an idea of how we can contribute. Listen, does he need to knock down his free throws? Yes. Um, is he a guy you can count on reliably in the fourth quarter offensively? No. Um, but if you want to get to the fourth quarter of a game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, whatever the team might be, that guy's going to help you get there. Um, so we'll see how he comes back. Um, you know, we'll see if, you know, obviously there's going to be some rust in his game and there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of pressure on him to kind of prove himself. But the Knicks, but the Knicks also got Seth Curry, a, a fabulous shooter. Um, Andre Drummond addressed the need. They, they were four rebounding team. He's one of the best rebounders in the league. The Nets also got a couple uh, of first-rounders back. I understand why the, why the Sixers did it. Um, obviously, they were getting nothing out of Simmons. They had to trade him sooner rather than later. Arnie's a fantastically talented player. Um, but he's also a guy that's edged out of the last two teams he's been on um, over a 13-month span. And this summer, the Sixers are going to have to pay him a contract well over 250 million dollars um, that's the kind of max, the max money he's going to demand so when he's 36 37 years old he's going to be making 50 million dollars a year the contract i'm not going to be looking forward to so the sixers have to do it to kind of you know pay for him the back end if it, if it gets him a championship is it worth it 100 percent do i understand him to do it with indeed playing at such an elite mvp level they had to go in i get it um, but that's this is something they may regret if they don't capture a championship in the next year or two uh, this is kind of cool. I came across some prop bets for Ben Simmons. Uh, get this. Over under two three-pointers in the remainder of the regular season. <laughs> now, now keep in mind, uh, in his career, he's only 5 of 34 in his career of two-pointers. I mean, of three-pointers. And But this bet yeah. is all he has to do is make three. And, and, and you can get it at plus 120. It's very tempting. It's very tempting. We're talking about an NBA player making millions of dollars. I've hit countless three-pointers on the on the basketball court, right? Like at the park, and this dude can't hit three three-pointers. <laughs> the, the coolest thing is the, the best part. The best part of the season would be if he goes to March 10th is the day that they the Sixers and the Nets play in Philly. If he hits a few three-pointers in that game, that would be the greatest sports story uh, of the 20, of 2022, at least a, at least a contender. Um, yeah, obviously three-pointers are on his skill set, but I am tempted to, to see that. I think a lot of it has to do with when he when he comes back. We'll see. Is, it, is he waiting until March? Will he come back You know, in the first couple of games after the All-Star break? Um, that's something obviously we have to keep an eye on. Needless to say, I've played the over at plus 120. Also, his field goal, his free-throw percentage – 
Uh, over under 56%. I played the over at minus 120 in his career. He's 59.7%. Uh, and also um, his uh, points per game over under 14 and a half. I played the un- the over. He averages 15.9. Just FYI, just thought I'd share that with you. Before we let you go. Um, I, I, like, I, I like those two overs, yeah. Right, I, I like I like the overs as well. Okay, so before we let you go, we got the N- NBA All Star Extravaganza festivities, as Ty likes to call them, starting tonight. Uh, who do you have winning the three point contest? I, I got uh, Fred VanVleet as, as my really favorite. Yes, yes, I'm going with Steady Freddie. I like the guys that can just get a, get the shot up, quick quick pace. Um, I think he's uh, you know he's not going to be he's not afraid of the spotlight. Um, so yes, Freddie, Fre- Steady Freddie is my guy. Luke Kennard is my sleeper. Who's winning your slam dunk? I'm going with Obi Toppin just because I'm going to play the. Oh, Homer! Every- Homer listen, pick. Listen, listen, every- everything can't go wrong for the Knicks. Something has to. One thing has to go right. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go ah! with Obi. And last but not Anything least, is it te- is it Team LeBron or is it Team KD? Uh, I'm going to go with LeBron, and I also like LeBron as, a, as an MVP. Um, he's, a, he's back in Cleveland. You're getting, I think it's plus 600, plus 650, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, he's playing back in Cleveland. You know he's going to be motivated. He doesn't have that many years left of what, when he's playing at this elite level. I, I think he'd like to get another All-Star game MVP on his mantle. Um, he's playing with Joker, who's going to feed him, and you know some, some other good passing teammates. Um, so I like LeBron kind of uh, going back home and uh, and hoisting. And it's the Kobe Bryant trophy, by the way. That's, the, that's, that's what the MVP has been renamed after. So I think it would be kind of cool, LeBron in the Lakers jersey, um, raising the Kobe Bryant MVP jersey, in, uh, MVP award in Cleveland. I think they kind of have a nice little storyline to it. Tommy, great stuff as always. Really appreciate you coming on with us on this Saturday afternoon and appreciate your insight. Thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend. My pleasure, Nita. Have a, great, have a good one. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.